The RBA governor warns that interest rates could double in coming months. The Victorian Labor government criticised heavily and repeatedly in a report into the culture of the party. And we'll tell you what show saved Netflix. It's Thursday, the 21st of July, 2022. Welcome to Fear and Greed, Australia's most popular business podcast. I'm Michael Thompson and good morning, Sean Aylmer. Good morning, Michael. Now, I know we want to get on to talking about SafeWord, but we have another quiz. Remember yesterday we did the quiz about the top-selling female artist of all time. Madonna came out on top. Yes. Michael, the top-selling male artist of all time. I'll tell you at the end of the show, but give me a couple of guesses. Um, And I have had so much time to Google this, and I didn't do it, partly because I'm an (laughs) honourable, decent kind of person, but also partly because I forgot. And so I'm going to go, I'll toss out two names, uh, Michael Jackson Uh and Elton John. Righto. Fair enough. All right. We'll find out at the end of the show. That's safe word. Thursday safe word day. Yeah, big episode out today, and it is it's a it's a good one. It's a good one. My my favorite part of this one. Well, we cover a lot of things: office housework and kind of the jobs around the office that no one really wants to do, but someone's obviously going to get stuck doing them. My favorite is probably the story about the time that you went to a restaurant for dinner with two of the country's best known food critics and the service that you received. It's a great story. (laughs) Yes. Terry Girac and Jill DePlay, who write for the Herald and the Age as food critics, I was fortunate enough to go to dinner with them. (laughs) What a great experience. It's a ripper. But uh, you can find that as part of Safe Word by Fear and Greed is, of course, our weekly lighter look at the world of business and and work and the office that is out today. And you can get it wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for Safe Word by Fear and Greed. But in the meantime, Sean, on with the show. And you've got an interview today coming up with Craig Ryman, the Chief Information Officer at the Bank of Queensland. Yeah, Bank of Queensland has been quite acquisitive and Craig's job is to bring all these systems together and to make them work as one. Part of that is pushing the whole back end of Bank of Queensland into the cloud. It's a very interesting chat. Yeah, sure is. The main story this morning, though, Sean, the governor of the Reserve Bank, Philip Lowe, yesterday suggested that the official cash rate is likely to double in coming months. And that means variable mortgage rates of close to 7%. It's a long way from the less than 3% people were paying at the beginning of this year, Michael. Dr Lowe stressed the importance of getting inflation back to within the bank's 2 to 3% target band. And he said 2.5% is probably about neutral for the cash rate. Now, the official cash rate is currently 1.35%. Whether the official cash rate stops when it doubles from this level or goes higher will depend on inflation expectations. Dr Lowe said if business and workers expect higher inflation on an ongoing basis, then it will be much harder to get actual inflation back to the target, and that will mean even bigger rate rises. And of course, we have inflation data out next week as well, Sean. Yes, the June quarter consumer price index will be released. It will be big, and that won't help convince people to lower their expectations about inflation. One positive factor, which Dr. Lowe pointed out yesterday, was that financial markets seem to think that in the next couple of years, inflation will return to the target band. He declared that the Australian economy is not headed for a repeat of the inflation crisis of the 1970s. Plenty of numbers, Sean, but to kind of try and simplify everything, 
what's it all mean for how much I'm going to pay on my home loan? And yes, I'm bringing this back to self-interest. And I like that. Look, on a $750,000 loan with 25 years to go, a 0.5 percentage point rise will add $226 to each monthly repayment, according to Rate City. We're talking about three or four of those. So what's that? That's somewhere between about 650 right up to about $900. And that's by the time the cash rate gets to neutral. So some way to go yet, Michael. Yeah, that sure is. And just before we leave the Reserve Bank, Sean, the federal government has announced a review of the central bank. It's the first in more than 30 years. The review panel includes a Canadian central banker, an Australian National University economic professor and a former senior treasury official. The review will consider the workings of the bank from who should be on the board through to how it communicates. Dr Lowe was asked what he thought about the panel. He, he commended it. No surprises there. No, not really. Now, I'll tell you what, Sean, it was a good day yesterday for the local equity market. It was a cracking day for the S&P ASX 200, led higher by tech stocks and the big miners. It followed a big rally on Wall Street on Tuesday night, of course. The market ended up 1.7% to close at 6,759 points. Around 90% of stocks ended higher yesterday, and all 11 sub-indices closed up. Where to start? Well, Fortescue Metals led the way, rising 5.4%, while Rio Tinto was up more than 2%, and BHP closed up 1.4%. Macquarie was among the best of the financials, rising nearly 4%. Westpac and Commonwealth Bank both jumped more than 1%. Industrial property group Goodman closed 3.4% high. Goldig and Newcrest Mining was up 2.3%, and South 32 jumped 3.5%. It goes on and on. Good news all around, Michael. The best result, though, was Megaport. Its share price jumped as much as 28% in early trading after the Cloud and Data Center Group announced its first pre-tax profit thanks to success in Japan and Canada. By the end of trading, Megaport was up 23%. Great day for it. Buy now, pay later operator Zipco also had a good day. It jumped 13%. The worst on the day, at least in terms of the top 200, was NIB Holdings down nearly 3%. All right. And what about international markets? What's happening? Well, it's all about earnings season at the moment, and generally on Wall Street, earnings remain pretty good, notwithstanding the shadow of a recession at some point in the future, or at least the potential for a recession. At earnings time, there are always some big moves in markets, and this quarter is no different. Now, oil prices have come off a bit after official figures showed a rise in US inventories. Brent crude is trading a bit above $100 a barrel. The Aussie dollar has had a good 24 hours. It's trading back above 69 US cents. And crypto's Michael have continued their run with Bitcoin hitting a one-month high, okay? $23,700 US a unit isn't exactly a soaring price for the digital unit, but it is the best in a month since the collapse of the crypto lender Celsius network. Other cryptos have done well. Ether and Solana both recorded double-digit gains. And just quickly before we leave cryptos, we've been talking about Phil Lowe from the Reserve Bank a fair bit so far this morning. One more comment from him. He has been reported as saying that stable coins linked to the value of a national currency has promise. But outside that, the rest of the crypto sector is speculative. So there you go. All right. Big start to the show. We'll be back in a moment with the rest of the day's business news. Sean, a major report into the Victorian Labor Party has said the culture is rotten. It includes 21 recommendations, and it certainly isn't kind to Premier Daniel Andrews. 
the 236-page report by the state's independent broad-based anti-corruption commission, IBAC, comes four months before the next state election is due, and it certainly doesn't hold back, Michael. It warns of ongoing corruption risks, concludes that two former ministers breached the ministerial code of conduct, and while it clears Mr Andrews of any direct findings, excerpts of his secret evidence show he was aware of branch stacking. The Premier also knew about the scheme to use electorate staffers in the 2014 election campaign, known as the Red Shirts Rort, which was later found to have misused taxpayer funds. Mr Andrews yesterday pretty much did a full mea culpa. He said he would adopt all 21 recommendations. That's fine, but the fallout from this will be significant and hard on the Victorian Labor Party. And there's a development in New South Wales as well, Sean. That's right. The Independent Commission Against Corruption in that state released a report that former New South Wales Liberal Minister John Sadoti engaged in serious corrupt conduct by using his parliamentary position to try to improperly influence City of Canada Bay councillors for the benefit of his family's property interests. Shades of the Obeid affair in that one. Yeah, sure is. Now, Sean, we've spoken recently about the risk of foot and mouth disease entering the country, particularly because there's been a large outbreak in Indonesia. Unfortunately, foot and mouth disease fragments have been detected on luggage and goods brought into Australia from Indonesia and China. Because the fragments are not live... Australia will retain its foot and mouth disease-free status. It's really serious. The CSIRO has estimated the cost of an outbreak at $80 billion with the greatest damage to the live cattle sector. Agriculture Minister Murray Watt yesterday said sanitation foot mats will be rolled out at Australia's international airports to help prevent the disease entering the country. What's really worrying about this is people who may travel in Indonesia or China just coming back into the country can bring the disease through the border. Sean, Caroline Kennedy, the daughter of the late US President John F. Kennedy, officially starts as the US ambassador to Australia tomorrow. And she says that she is looking forward to working with the Albanese government. In a video yesterday, she said it was a critical time in the history of the two countries and what Australia and the US do together in the next two years will determine the fate of our region and the planet. Mm. Wow. Nothing like a little hyperbole. Still, her appointment does show how serious Washington is about engaging in the Asia-Pacific region. Ms Kennedy even mentioned her father in the video, saying that in 1943, JFK's boat was sunk by a Japanese destroyer, and if not for the help of two Solomon Islanders and an Australian coast watcher, he wouldn't have survived. Sean, Australian stocks have become the beneficiaries of Wall Street turbulence with local investors looking closer to home. The demand for US stocks are down 55% since August 2021, according to a report by investment reporting tool ShareSite. Mind you, Michael, trading volumes in the ASX are down 39%, and we're talking about retail trading here, not institutional trading. But overall, mums and dads are looking closer to home to invest their money. According to a report in the Financial Review, popular stocks like Tesla, Amazon, and Apple are the ones that are mostly being offloaded. Seems like a very good time as well to mention, Sean, that we are, of course, not an investment podcast, and we certainly recommend that you seek professional advice before making any investment decisions. Now, the star, Sean, has appointed a banking executive who's an expert in governance and culture to run the Sydney Casino. 
Former Commonwealth Bank Executive Scott Wharton will take the job. At Commonwealth, he was responsible for part of the bank's transformation, including the response to the regulator's report into governance, culture and accountability at the bank that was handed down back in 2018 and was very harsh on the Commonwealth Bank. Mr. Wharton will report into the incoming CEO, Robbie Cook. There aren't many star execs left standing, Michael, and the new bosses will have to sort through the findings of the New South Wales inquiry into the group, which is yet to hand down its recommendations. Oil and gas group Beach Energy has posted its best quarterly earnings in three years. It's a great time to be an energy company, even Beach, which has had its fair share of challenges. In April last year, the group had to cut its earnings guidance following a downgrade of its prospects in the Cooper Basin in South Australia, but yesterday it reported a big jump in revenue and profit on the back of higher prices and strong demand. Finally, some good news for Beach Energy shareholders. Lithium producer Alcom says it earned record revenue during the June quarter also. Yes, lithium is still a hot sector, even if prices have come off somewhat. Remember, yesterday we were talking about the Tesla chair, Robin Denholm, nominating the lithium sector as an industry for the future of Australia. Alcom operates mines in Western Australia and Argentina, and it has done very well over the past couple of years. And one more, Sean, to announce a big jump in revenue was Bubs Australia, which is really no surprise given it's now selling in the US with President Joe Biden's approval. You could almost say his enthusiastic support. I think so. Now, Bubs got an SOS from the president to provide baby formula after problems at a major US producer. Bubs Australia boss Christy Carr now reckons the US will match China as the company's lead export market. Gross revenue in the June quarter was up 278% on 12 months earlier. Not bad. It sold 540,000 tins of formula into the US between May and July. Hmm, not bad. Share price jumped more than 6% yesterday. I just still find that incredible that this company was able to increase its manufacturing and and actually get 540,000 tins into the US between May and July. That's just remarkable. It is, and not really affect its sales to other territories. Amazing manufacturing story. It's a brilliant success story. Now, moving on to overseas news, Sean, China has created a state-backed iron ore company to take on the pricing power of BHP in Rio Tinto. A company called China Mineral Resources Group was established this week, and it's expected to oversee everything from massive mine investments in West Africa to buying steel-making material from global suppliers. Beijing has backed the creation of the company to aid procurement of raw materials for steel-making, according to Bloomberg. China bought about 180 billion US dollars of iron ore last year, mostly from Australia, and has long complained about the pricing power of BHP in Rio Tinto. Now, Sean, we mentioned this story earlier on. In fact, we kind of teased it a bit earlier. The streaming service Netflix said it lost nearly a million subscribers globally in the June quarter, but it could have been worse. Yes, Netflix had been sold down sharply on fears that people aren't using it anywhere near as much as they did during the pandemic. And the numbers were certainly going backwards. Then, Michael, along came Stranger Things, which not only put Kate Bush back on top of the British pop charts, it also saved Netflix from disaster. I have never seen it. Have you? I have seen the first two seasons. I think I've got two seasons now to catch up on, but it feels like perhaps, Sean, you are the only one in the world that has not seen it. I feel I'm running up the hill on this one, Michael. Oh, I can't even applaud that. Just carry on, please. 
Following the release of the latest subscriber numbers, Netflix share price jumped 12%, even though they lost those million subscribers. Now, the share price is still down 67% this year. The good news is that the streaming service expects to recoup the lost subscribers during the current three months. That's the September quarter. And finally, Sean, I love this story. Restaurant portions in the US are getting smaller and somewhat unsurprisingly, diners aren't happy. Shrinkflation. It's called, it's the paring down of serving sizes to offset higher costs. Now, apparently, shrinkflation is a hallmark of inflationary environments, such as the one that the US is currently experiencing. It's on the rise, and it's gotten so noticeable that consumers are venting about it online, according to Yelp, which is probably the biggest review website operator in the US. Now, Bloomberg says the most complained about restaurants are those serving low-cost menu items. These include hot dogs, burgers, and pizza. Food costs are up more than 10% over the past year or so in the US, so shrinkflation is a way for businesses to recoup the costs. I can get why people would be complaining. If you ordered like a, a foot-long hot dog and you got a cocktail, Frank, <laughs> you'd probably you'd notice it, wouldn't you? You would. <laughs> That's true. All right. Anyway, now up next, Sean, is the Fear and Greed daily interview. And today we're speaking with Craig Ryman, the Chief Information Officer at the Bank of Queensland. Yeah, we talked about this at the top of the show, all about trying to integrate all these different systems into one, put it onto the cloud and serve customers better. Wow, what a mammoth task. Though Craig has a great turn of phrase and is very able to put it into English, which was uh, helpful for me. Yeah, it's a really interesting chat. That one's coming up next in the Fear and Greed playlist on your podcast platform or at fearandgreed.com.au. And don't forget, Safe Word by Fear and Greed is also out today. But Sean, we can't go just yet because you asked me at the top of the show, the highest selling male musical artist, I think was how you phrased it. I guessed Elton John and I also guessed Michael Jackson. Was I close? You had two and three, Michael Jackson at two. Elton John at three. Number one, though, very obvious. He's all over the place at the moment. Elvis Presley. Oh, no. Highest selling. Oh, gosh. Now I wish I had cheated. I feel like a bit of an idiot. <laughs> so well, what I find really interesting, so not surprising, number four is Eminem, which really? surprised me. And Drake is number five. Again, someone that's And Garth Brooks, massive country singer. He comes in at number six followed by Kanye West. Of course, we all know about Kanye and then Justin Bieber, Ed Sheeran. Mm. Oh, that's a good one. And Billy Joel. Yeah, and look, really, I think the, the, the question we need to be asking is what has fear and greed become mm. <laughs> when this is now how we finish our show? But, hey, I'm learning something every day. It's not about business. It is about music, but at least I'm learning something. Thank you very much, Sean. Thank you, Michael. It's Thursday, the 21st of July, 2022. Make sure you're following the podcast. Join us online on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. And why not have a go at listening through your smart speaker? Just say, play the Fear and Greed podcast, and away you go. I'm Michael Thompson, and that was Fear and Greed. Have a great day. Day.